Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Hey, guess what? I'm really here in the studio. This is live. I want to thank all of you that have uh, stuck with us for the past three weeks. I had an unexpected accident. I uh, broke my Achilles tendon. I guess I should say I severed my Achilles tendon, and I got a boot on. And uh, I got the boot for probably another three or four weeks. But the show starts today. Thank you so much for tuning us in. We just got to make for, sure they don't, they don't use this show as a rerun at yeah, any we'll point Yeah, we'll be sure the that they don't use this as a rerun. Right, exactly. You just, you just assured everybody <laughs> it was live. So anyway, here we are back, and uh, it's just as good as ever. I mean, uh, we really miss doing the show and I hope you regulars out there, if you didn't listen to the real ones, I hope you missed this too. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to cover with you this morning, and uh, it's, we're, we're at the turning point of this crazy, crazy market that we've been experiencing for over three years now. The COVID pandemic, the, the, the uh, supply chain interruption, uh, economic chaos, car dealers getting filthy rich, I mean, filthy rich. I've got a, 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 a read in the automotive news this week that a car dealer just paid a record price for a home in Palm Beach, Florida. A record price. Now, if you're not in this area or you don't know that much about Palm Beach, let me tell you, there are no cheap homes in Palm Beach. But we have a car dealer, in fact, a local car dealer, and we'll talk about it later, that paid $150 million for a home. And, uh, it's unbelievable uh, uh, the, the gluttony that we've experienced over the past three years, and dealers are getting rich. Rick? The best part is I heard it's not even really a home. It's an apartment above a jewelry store. Ah, uh, you heard wrong. It is a home. Oh, he, he yes, does, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. I so, must have heard of a different, a different one then. <laughs> yeah. It might be another car dealer that bought that one. Anyway, thanks thanks for being here. Uh, we got the whole crew. I got Nancy Stewart to my left. As you all know, she's co-founder of the show. Uh, we usually say we've been sh- doing this show for 20 years. I got to tell you a little, little side story here. Well, we've been doing this show for 20 years. Uh, the show's on the, the studio's on the second floor, and we always take the elevator. That elevator has run fine for 20 years. This morning, guess what? I got a severed Achilles tendon and a boot on my foot, and the elevator doesn't work. Now, I smell foul play, and I'm going to be investigating Ed Napleton and his dealership. I think, I think an evil dealer sabotaged, sabotaged the elevator sabotaged. to keep me off the air. Anyway, I had to say that. Of course, I'm only joking. You know what their mistake was? No. Do they really think they can stop you? Well, I, I, I surprised myself. I You're got unstoppable. Up. I got up. I got up the stairs. Yeah, these boots were made <laughs> for walking. Anyway, uh, uh, Nancy Stewart is our, our strong female advocate, and I know you ladies in the audience have missed her. 
uh, you new callers uh, will know why you missed her, uh, shouldn't have missed her, but she'll tell you this all about this in a minute. But uh, it's a matter of looking at how women view life, how women view business. Um, I, oh, we have a phone call, and we always stop everything we do with phone calls. So we will now welcome our first caller, Nancy Stewartwell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but first, I want to say $50. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. If uh, you others want to text us this morning, you can do so at 772 497 6530. We are going to go to Jennifer, who is a first time caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Thanks for calling, Earl on Cars. You are a first female caller this morning. Therefore, you win yourself $50. So if you'll stay on the line when we're finished talking, uh, you can uh, give your contact information to Jeremy. And he'll give it to me, and I'll send you that check. Perfect. Great. So what can we do for you? Okay. First of all, thank you for taking my call this morning. Um, I purchased a Jeep 2023 Wrangler Hybrid. Um, And I know, Earl, how you feel about Jeeps, (laughs) but this is my sixth one. (laughs) I wish I had a Jeep Um, franchise. Uh, they're, They're a hot car. I, I love a Jeep. Uh, this is my uh, first hybrid. Uh, ordered it, took possession late December, and in January, I noticed that I, I, I'm short, so I sit very high up. And I noticed not long after I took possession that I was kind of down a little bit lower in the seat. Now the seats are manual. Okay, so there's there's not there's nothing electronic in the seat. And sure enough. Um, I would use the lever, and sure enough, I was going down, and I would have to raise myself back up. So I reached out to the dealership where I bought it, and they said, bring it, in, bring it back in. Let's take a look at it. So I bought it down in Delray. I took it to our friends right around the corner here in Napleton, and I ended up taking it back there three times. And I, three times I got, you know, first I got a shrugging of the shoulders. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, then I got, well, that's just the way it is. Then I got, you know, well, maybe it's this. So after I was getting absolutely nowhere, um, I called Jeep and they said, it was actually like a Jeep, Jeep wave, they call it. Uh, they said, you need to take it back to where you purchased it. Okay, fine. So I make the appointment down there, take it in. And um, I explained to them, listen, someone short needs to sit in this car. You need to keep it for at least two days. Okay. I said, because that's what is happening. It's happening over a course of one and a half to two days. And um, so they took it. They told me they see exactly what's going on Mm. and that they're going to keep it overnight and they're going to see what they can do. Mm -hmm. Great. Fantastic. The following day. I get a phone call, oddly enough, telling me there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the way it is. Wait. That the that the seat is settling to the highest gear. I said, "Wait a minute. Why would the seat go all the way up and not lock in?" That's just the way it is. 
that's the way. It's not meant to go up that high. Why does it? I don't know. It's just the way it is. And it's meant to slowly go down to the right position over two days. Yeah, uh-huh. And every Jeep does this. I said, really? Jennifer, uh, what you just described is probably one of the most uh, chronic problems that car dealership service departments have. So uh, you, 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 there's two things that I recommend you do. You, you should contact Jeep, you know, that's uh, Stellantis is the she corporate did. name, directly mm-hmm. and uh, register your complaint, uh, not just by phone, but confirm it in writing. When you do that, they'll have to contact the Jeep dealer. Uh, this might require a technical support from the f- manufacturer, and even even though Napleton is not competent there to fix it, uh, they might send in a, a factory rep to show them how to fix it. Uh, the other thing you could do is take it to a different Jeep dealer uh, because it sounds to me like you have a legitimate gripe. Uh, I would use this in my verbiage when I'm communicating with Jeep and when I was communicating with dealers that this is a safety issue with you. Safety issues get everybody's attention because then lawyers get involved. If if you were to have an accident, heaven forbid, and the reason of the accident is your visibility wasn't good enough because the seat was too low and they sold you this car knowing who was buying it then uh, it would really be uh, a lot of trouble for the dealer and possibly the manufacturer. So when you communicate, say, I can't drive safely because my seat will not elevate to the maximum, won't lock in to the maximum uh, uh, level. And by the way, it's interesting. I didn't know until the other day in Automotive News that Jeep didn't have power seats. I, I thought all cars had power seats. <laughs> so you have a manual seat. Uh, and this hybrid, by the way, that you bought is quite popular. It's uh, uh, Is that a plug-in hybrid, uh, Jennifer, you got, or is it just a regular hybrid? No, it is a plug-in, yeah, that's, and I love it. That's the hottest car out there, and, you know, I do say negative things about Jeeps, but uh, they, there are a lot of great things that are talking about this vehicle. The vehicle you have, I think, potentially, you're going to love it because uh, the, the, the preliminary uh, reception from all the customers that have bought it have been fantastic. Jeep said that they spent a long time on this because they wanted to get it exactly right. So I, I think getting the factory involved and maybe a new dealer is the answer to your problem. Well, let, let me just, I, I did take it to two dealers. I took it to Napleton around the corner first because they were closer. Oh. And then I took it down to um, Schumacher in Delray, which is where I purchased it. Oh, okay. when, I told, when I told Schumacher, I feel it's a safety issue, they shut me right down. Really? And then they wouldn't take my phone. Yeah, then they wouldn't take my phone. The safety, or the um, service department refused to call me back. Wow. Well, that's really yeah. interesting, Jennifer. Yeah, I might include yeah. Channel 5 or yeah. you know, the local uh, media in this because that's, that's terrible. Rick has uh, waving at me here. Yeah, I would I would do one little bit of homework first just, just to kind of uh, load up the weapons even more. Uh, take a ruler and at one specific point on your seat, measure from the seat to the floor when it's at that maximum height and do that each day for about a week and see does it go down just a certain amount and stop and remain there or does it continue to go down because if it continues to go down over the course of an entire week then you definitely have a safety issue because at that point this seat can no longer be considered um, solidly locked in place if it's continually dropping it's always moving and you could be 
put in a position where you're totally out of control of your car in an accident. So I, I would measure that exact spot and take video or photos of it each time yeah, to document good. it. That's good advice, Jennifer. Uh, be sure when you communicate, because as you say, they wouldn't talk to you, communicate in writing, email or even text. And, and there, do use, uh, don't let them stop you from using that safety issue because it is a safety issue. And when you are in on record uh, of having a safety issue, uh, they have to help you. So communicate that in writing to uh, Stellantis and to Schumacher and to Napleton, all three dealers that you visited. And uh, and then Rick's advice is good too, but uh, I'm really sorry you're going through this. I the good news is from everything I've heard about this this new Jeep, it's an amazing vehicle, and all you you got to get this thing fixed, obviously. But I think you you, you made a good uh, uh, buy. That's you're going to love that once they get that seat fixed. And Jennifer, yeah, great. Uh, Jennifer, mm-hmm. I just want to uh, let you know that uh, you know, as Earl said, you really bought a great vehicle, and you know, it's uh, it, it's really uh, annoying uh, that with such an important feature that you need, that you were shot down like you were, and uh, you spent money on a vehicle, you want all the safety features, and here you are driving your, and I'm short, and I know yeah. I need visibility. We all do. Ha, ha, yep. ha. Yep. Uh, at any rate, that is a safety issue. And am I to assume right now, Jennifer, that you're, the position that you're driving in is at its lowest? Uh, well, every day I have to jack it back up all the way to the, high, to the highest. Okay. Every day. And, so, and I, have been taking, mm-hmm, I have been taking video every single day because I feel like, one, they don't believe me. And I'm like, you know, why would I go through? I mean, I've been dealing with this since January. Why would I be going through all of this if it wasn't an, a true issue? Um, and, I, absolutely. I, part, of, part of it, Jennifer, and, and all the folks listening now, when you have a dispute with a dealer, or for that matter, any business, be sure to convert it into words, written words. And yep. Uh, yep. That's the best thing about email and text today. Once you go on record, then suddenly they take you more seriously. But it's easy to ignore somebody verbally, but when that comes out in court and you have a written right. document supporting it, it gets their attention. So uh, I think you will you will be getting an immediate response when you go to writing. And Jennifer, okay. Jennifer mm-hmm. we, we really want you to stay in touch with us and follow up okay. and you know let us know what happened. I will. And if I could just say one more thing, I don't want to keep up to take up too much of your time, but Nancy, thank you for being an advocate for females. Um, and if there are any females listening, just do your homework and don't let um, a male-driven industry deter you. Just stick with it. Um, you know, we're, we're females are a lot smarter, and we have a whole lot of resources so that we can do our homework. And you just really have to stick up for yourself. So Nancy, thank you. I couldn't have said it any better, Jennifer. And um, the women know today that uh, in this industry, I'll tell you what, it's a financial disaster for car dealers not to recognize us. We have moved into the 21st century, and not everyone has gotten that memo, but they're getting it loud and clear by women like you. Yep. Thank you so much. And like you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Stay Have on the line. Night. Give Jeremy your information. Okay, we are going to go to Mike, and uh, 
Mike's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Earl. Good morning. I hope you're feeling better, Earl. Much better. Thank you for asking. I have a uh, warranty question. Sure. I uh, purchased my uh, Lexus at Auto Nation in uh, West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, um, can I come in to your dealership for service and not void the warranty? Yes, you can bring it in for service or any Toyota dealer. A warranty which has to be done by uh, a Lexus dealer. But you, you probably are not going to have a lot of warranty work. And maintenance, uh, I always recommend, not just for uh, Lexus owners, but uh, if you bought a, a Infiniti, I'd say take it to a Nissan dealer. And if you sure. bought a Cadillac, take it to a Chevrolet dealer. The, the manufacturer's expensive brands always cost lot more money they know that lexus buyers have more money than uh, toyota buyers so they charge more for everything so yeah do your maintenance at a toyota dealership and uh any non-warranty repairs but everything warranty is not going to cost you anything so take it back to palm beach lexus and, and they're not going to give me any pushback if if i uh, had any warranty uh, no, no. Required, we would have the record, and if you if you didn't want to use my dealership or another Toyota dealership, uh, all all manufacturers like Toyota dealers, Hondas, any any dealership has a record of your repair. Uh, what you have to be careful of is you use an independent repair, or you do it yourself. Um, you could even get credit for uh, doing maintenance yourself if you have a written record. Uh, it's not, you know, is is is. Uh, important to the manufacturer as long as you have it in writing but uh yeah get get a copy of the repair ticket wherever you go right and i also own a, a hybrid and i'm very happy with it i i would never attempt to do any type of work in the vehicle myself i would have only a a, a toyota or a lexus a, a mechanic or have them work on it or you folks and and i do appreciate your help today well thank you mike appreciate the call very much thank you mike thank you. okay bye-bye Bye-bye. Stay in touch, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. And uh, I do have to mention this also that's really important for all of you out there. And if you, you know, find that a dealer is breaking the law, you know, you can take and you can go to www florida law protecting car buyers.com that's www florida law protecting car dealers.com take advantage of that don't let them take advantage of you let your voice be heard 877-960-9960 now back well we're not going to go back to the recovering car dealer we're going to give him a little break we are going to go to the Roadrunner, and that's Roadrunner Steve. He is a regular caller, and we're always so happy to hear from him and for him to share his energy with us. Good me, morning. Me. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm glad you're back. I had two boring weekends without talking to you. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> but the best was good. Okay, the lady with the Jeep, when I sit in my Roadrunner in a pillow seat, I put a pillow underneath me to raise me up. That's okay, a good idea. Here's, you know, here's if, the other thing. Yeah. Are they getting rid of AM radios in cars? 
that's what they're doing. Yes. And uh, uh, actually, you can still access AM via the uh, streaming. And um, uh, many of the newer cars now have streaming capacity, so you can stream a, uh, a, a radio Wi-Fi or radio uh, uh, AM uh, indirectly. But yeah, they're taking the basic old-fashioned AM off most, ra okay. most cars now. Here's the other thing. This is more important. I was listening to a retired fire marshal, and he was talking about the, the batteries in the electric cars. Now, we all know a fire needs oxygen to breathe, correct? Yep. He says when these batteries burn, they create their own oxygen with this. So is there any firemen out there that can... Uh, Add more to this story about this. Uh, we got any firemen out there? Rick works the with the firemen. Well, the, the uh -huh. lithium batteries that are in the cars now, in, in the electric cars and in a lot of the hybrid cars also, they're a sealed unit for the most part. But once they begin burning, they burn at such a temperature that, yes, oxygen is actually one of the off gases and it literally can feed itself. Uh, the, the rules are for firemen, when they approach these vehicles, they cannot always tell even if the car is on fire, except by using temperature guns on them to read the temperature of the car. And then they just, all they can do is just keep dousing it with water to reduce the heat until it puts it out. And even once the car goes to an impound yard, then it has to be kept away from other vehicles for a minimum of a week. Thanks, Rick. So it's uh, yeah, it's quite a situation. So they don't they use water. They wouldn't use like a foam type stuff. No, because you can't you can't get it into the battery where the fire is. You know, uh, oh. Steve, a uh, a Tesla caught fire locally here at the Tesla dealership on Okeechobee Boulevard. It was uh, sitting on the front line and. Nobody was anywhere around it, and it burst into flames. I had the fire department. I think it was a total loss. So I hate to say that because I'm a Tesla yeah. advocate, and Nancy and I drive a Tesla. But the fact of the battery matter is lithium batteries, uh, occasionally, this happens. Yeah, and and I, that was during I'm hoping the, they come up with a solution. I yeah, don't know. That, that it, was, it doesn't happen a lot, but no. that's uh, easy for me to say. All it takes is one time for your car to catch on fire. So. And that was the middle of the night. And there were several cars, several Teslas at that Tesla dealership that caught fire. So if these people that own Teslas, I suggest you don't park them in the garage next to your house. I suggest you park them outside. <laughs> or park, if you have an enemy, park it in his driveway. <laughs> so every time I park the Tesla, um, I, I tell you what, I just, you know, I'm doing a lot of driving these days. And I plug it in, I turn around and I look at her and I said... Don't catch fire tonight, you know. I mean, maybe it's crazy for me to think like that, but there's so many fires that yeah, here, are starting. Let me, let me put this in perspective for, for those listening and you too, Steve, and everybody. If you look at the number of fires in hybrids and in uh, EVs, percentage-wise, they have fewer fires than combustion engine cars. So it's, it's, a, it's a percentage game we play. I mean, we all know that during a thunderstorm, there's a chance we get hit by lightning, and there's nothing we can do about it. So when you're driving a car, there is a chance of fire and injury and death. But if you buy a combustion engine car, your chances of dying in the fire, percentage-wise, are higher than if you have an electric vehicle. So it's, you know, it, it, 
it still makes me uncomfortable to read about these lithium batteries, but I got to go with the statistics. Okay, okay. I'm glad everybody's back. Stay safe and well. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Have a great weekend. Look forward to hearing from you again. Hey, Earl, which do you fear more? Driving with me in the Tesla or the Tesla catching fire? Or the battery. <laughs> I'm not going to discuss that <laughs> on the air, but I have to. Nancy has picked on me for my driving habits. Now I can't drive, so she's not only my nurse, but she's my chauffeur. And therapist. So she's been driving me around. Martini and maker. I have some stories to tell about how good she drives, so we'll, we'll talk about that off the air. Hey, it's a Tesla. Is it yeah. your left foot yeah. or right foot that was injured? Your right foot? Right foot, yeah. So you have also an instinct to try and like ghost break when you're in the passenger seat. Uh, when somebody else is driving, yeah, right? Sometimes yeah, sometimes it can be yeah. painful for you. I ghost mean. break? <laughs> um, how, how about uh, um, the screaming and the hollering? <laughs> That's funny. There's a lot of good grief, Nancy, that I say. Uh, and I, good and it, grief. Isn't, it isn't good grief. Like no, it isn't. Definitely like not. Definitely not. <laughs> hey, it's a Tesla, you know? You've got to put her on the road. You've got to give her, you got to put her to the test. Hey, so. I was thinking about that, the, the, the Jeep with the seat. What's the chance you think that is a uh, like a, a future recall? I mean, if it's something that's happening, on if, if they're saying that's just the way it does, they all go up to a high position and slowly settle. At some point, I mean, it's got to be enough people who are, who are short in stature. Well, that's analogous to the situation, Sue, that we had with Toyota with the Dash melting points. dashes, the yeah. shiny dashes. And what the, the way we got, I'm not hate to brag, but we got Wild Toyota TV. to do a recall on the Toyota because the dashes were cracking. And the way we got their attention is we said it was a safety issue. And when safety came up, they had a meeting of the lawyers. Yeah. And they said, good grief, and we better it, And it had begun to get some coverage in the media. We had um, a, a lot of customers, even independent, were contacting um, the local media showing des- describing it. And then they they came out and we yeah. showed them the dashes that we had taken off, and they could see what the you know what the material turned into. Yeah, so most most complaints yeah. were just, "Gosh, I got a new car here, and just a couple of years later, the dash is cracking." But what got my attention when one customer said, I can't "You know, it's hard anything. for me to see because yeah. the dash actually melts and the sun reflects off the melted dash." I said, "Bingo! That's where we're going with this." And yeah. it well, worked. Hopefully, people listening to the show who might have experienced the same thing can make the same calls that Jennifer's doing, and, and maybe they'll get the same kind of attention get that going get a critical mass and something will get done right here you heard it from Stu. uh 877-960-9960 you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, you can go to uh, anonymousfeedback.com and rick has something to say have you speaking just of jeeps have you heard of the new tradition that is going viral with jeep owners in their community I don't think so, no. It's called ducking, with a D, D-U-C-K-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is Jeep owners are getting little rubber ducks with a little card on explaining what it is. And they, if they see another Jeep that they really like the Jeep, they like the upgrades, they think it looks really nice, mm-hmm. they'll put it on the door handle of this Jeep. Mm-hmm. And the idea is it's a compliment to someone saying, hey, I like your vehicle. The little card explains it. And it encourages them to go buy rubber ducks of their own <laughs> and spread them around on Jeeps that they like. I just thought it was it was a, a cute, friendly thing mm-hmm. that the 
Jeep owners are doing in their community. Yeah, an acknowledgement. How and nice. it, it's it's spreading like crazy. It's yeah. kind of crazy. It's it's nice to have something spread it, like crazy. Tell us if they sweet. show people think we're Jeep dealers, wouldn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But Come that, on that down and check out the we do regular Sahara. Yeah. yeah. Let me. Uh, we, we've been saying too much nice about Jeep. Let's, let's, let's me, knock it down. Let me. All you potential buyers out there, if you fall in love with a Jeep. Is a really cool car. I'm tempted to buy a Jeep because it looks so cool. But unfortunately, if you do the uh, deep analysis, and I recommend Consumer Reports, you'll find out that from a safety, a maintenance, a resale, I won't, let me, I back off resale. They probably have good resale. But from a safety and operation maintenance uh, standpoint, a lot of other reasons, they're ranked very low. So they, they, they don't have a good rating in terms of reliability and insu- cost of operation and the rest of it, but they sure do look good on the road. So let's get off the Jeep subject. What else we got? Yeah, back to the ladies. $50 for the next new lady caller. Uh, I hope uh, you're all out there listening and you heard what Jennifer said. And uh, it's, uh, you know, women often get uh, ignored or patronized. And uh, they're, you know, they're buying experience, leasing, uh, service, you know, whatever. It it doesn't go so well. Uh, But uh, not all the dealers know that uh, it's a new day, it's a new age, and it is the 21st century. And we do do our homework because it's a minefield out there. So... Give me a call, $50 for the next new lady caller, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to stay with the phones, and we're going to go to Bob, I believe, in Delray. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you all doing? We're well, thank you. Good. Earl, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I have a question for Rick. Um, I recently bought a 2018 Camry, and I got to tell you, I absolutely love it. However, I, the uh, screen where the radio and so forth, every now and then it goes dark on me. It just like goes, it, 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 it's like it gets dim, then it gets bright again. Dim and bright again. Any clue? Yep. There's a software update available through Toyota for that. Uh, If you stop at the dealership, they can perform that update, and it should take care of that problem for you. Oh. That was easy. That was easy. Bob, uh, Rick gave you the exact right advice. And for those listening, uh, what Rick described is something in the trades. It's called the Technical Repair Bulletin. TRB, is that what it is? TSB, Technical TSB, Service Bulletin. Te- technical Service Bulletin. And this is an internal thing between the manufacturer and the dealer. The public never knows about that. So what this is, uh, they, use, they call also hidden warranty. That's one of the words that the disgusted consumers and car owners use to describe this. The manufacturer knows there's a problem, but they don't want to pay to fix it unless the customer complains. Every manufacturer does this. So when you go into a car dealership for a repair, always ask to see the technical repair, the TSBs, technical service bulletins on your car. Uh, They can put the VIN number in their computer and it'll pop out the technical service bulletins. Uh, We were told by Toyota uh, a while back 
because when we were aware of a technical service issue, we would tell our customers. Toyota says you can't do that. You can't fix a car unless the customer complains. And I guarantee you, if Toyota does it, Honda and everybody else, uh, General Motors and all the Ford dealers, they do the same thing. If the customer doesn't complain, let him ride. If he complains and notices the problem, then you can fix it free under the technical service bulletin. Uh, it's a hidden warranty. They don't want you to know about it. The regular warranty <coughs> is in writing in your owner's manual. Yeah, and the, uh, you'd be surprised at the number of technical service buildings on any car. I mean, uh, how many? Uh, we, uh, there are thousands and thousands of technical service bulletins if you look at the, all the current cars on the road. So remember that technical service bulletin, hidden warranty, and if. Oftentimes, the dealer doesn't know about it himself. The, uh, the service advisor you're talking to doesn't know about it. There's so many of them, you have to actually ask them to reference it in the computer. Rick? It comes up However, automatically now. with. Uh, well, yeah, GSA. they will when we run a health check. But all the technical service bulletins, within a couple of days of them going through Toyota, they're available on the Internet as well for Customer, oh, great customers idea. to find, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just say, uh, give the give the year, make, model of your car and say that you have an issue with whatever and then say, are there any technical service bulletins on this? Yep. And Rick just said, you can pop it up there. You'll know about it. Print it out bring it into the dealer because he probably doesn't know about it. And the manufacturer doesn't want you to know about it, but they will fix it free. Oh, that's, it's the first thing I look for. Oh, you're smart. I mean, uh, Rick, Rick, Rick makes his living repairing cars, and if he can find a car that has a legitimate need to repair, especially when it's free to the customer, he'll say he'll tell the customer, "Hey, you didn't mention this, but uh, we could do this for you, and Toyota will pay for it." So, TSB Technical Service Bulletin. Right, that I wrote that down. I wrote that down. Thank you for that. And um, I did have a question, but. I'm at the age where it slips away now and again. Sorry. <laughs> we'll call back if you It happens remember. to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Bob. Much. Stay in touch. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We are going to stay with the phones this morning, and we're going to talk to Marty, who's giving us a call from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Welcome back. Good morning. Glad you're back. It's uh, hope Earl's doing better. He is. Okay. Uh, two comments. First comment with with the crazy people now with guns. I would tell Rick, I don't want to put something on somebody's car because you don't know if they see you coming up to their car whether they'll shoot you. <laughs> Very so true. That's, yep. That's yep. the first thing. So I'd stay away from anybody's car. <laughs> Uh, and starting July 1st in Florida, people do not need to go for a pistol per, uh, carry permit. Right. They can get it without. So I'd stay away from anybody's car. But I, here's my Toyota question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm waiting now. I'm in my 15th month waiting for my Camry XLE hybrid. Somebody told me, though, if you're driving, let's say you're going for a 200-mile trip, so now the car is running on gasoline, are you still getting a lot better mileage that, because you have a hybrid, or is it going to run like just a gasoline car? 
but you get better balance because it's a hybrid. Uh, you're, you're, uh, sometimes it uses the battery. It doesn't use the gasoline all the time. So uh, in city driving, with the braking and deceleration, acceleration, you're generating more power into your battery. And so that's the reason you get better gas mileage with the uh, hybrid. It has a combustion engine, but it also runs off the electric motor. And the combination of the two gives you better mileage than a straight combustion engine. So, though, but if you're driving, let's say, on the turnpike and you're going a couple hundred miles, you're still going to get better mileage even though you're oh, driving okay. straight. Sure. Well, you know, not, but you, you won't be using the battery. You'll be using a. Right. You'll be using just the. Uh, if you keep it at a safe, uh, you know, steady speed, the only time if you're on the turnpike that the battery would cut in is if you had to stop and start again, uh, right. or go into a service plaza. But on a straight, cruise control type of trip, like at 55 or 60 miles an hour, you're doing strictly combustion engine, and the battery's just sitting there. The electric motor's just sitting there doing nothing. I'm saying is for that trip, you're really not getting any benefit of hybrid. That's true, yes. Okay. All right. Somebody told me that. I didn't know whether it's true or not. Well, you, it's, but uh, on every trip, I mean, if you stop for gas, if you stop to go use the restroom, uh, if you stop to sightsee, I don't know too many people that take a trip and never take their foot off, take it off cruise control. Anytime you're off cruise control, you're probably decelerating, accelerating, or stopping, and you always get to help the little kick from the uh, battery and the electric motor when that happens. And also on the Camry, do you get the regenerative uh, braking too on a Camry hybrid? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Glad again you're back and live. Thanks, Marty. We missed you too, by the way. All right. And Marty, thanks for your patience. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your patience. I feel your pain. Uh, all right. Have a good day. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Ron, who's calling us from Summerfield, Florida. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Uh, I have a question for Rick. Um, <clears throat> Rick, I have a 2022 um, RAV4 Hybrid Limited. It came with wheels that are um, two shades of gray, not a polished, high-gloss uh, wheel. Um, I don't like that dark look on my wheels. And I know it's kind of a silly thing, but uh, I like something that's kind of brilliant. And so I went on eBay, and uh, out on the West Coast, they uh, have uh, a tire uh, dealer out there who apparently takes wheels off new cars and then gives people maybe custom wheels. They have original factory wheels that seem to be a, a high-gloss um, aluminum or high-gloss finish on the wheel. Uh, do they sell a different wheel for cars out on the West Coast than they do here in Florida? I That may actually be an option available by their distributor, or it could be that Southeast Toyota put on the wheels that are on yours. Um, and it may be, fa you know, the factory wheels have a higher gloss. Uh, it's hard to really say because wheels can be, you they can swap all over the place anymore. And it's a very straightforward situation to do where we can simply reprogram the tire sensors and boom, you're all set and going again. But if you if you prefer to have a different set of wheels, that's one of the easier 
straightforward things you can do to dress up your vehicle and make it more personalized. Also more expensive things to do. Isn't that true? Yeah. You know, the wheel uh, is identical to mine. It's just that, uh, you know, the new, a lot of the new cars have that black look, and it's, uh, you know, not polished. I'm, I'm old school. I like something that has a little bit more chrome to it. And right. so these wheels, uh, I've looked at two sets of them now, and just looking at the picture, they look like they're just a high-gloss chrome wheel, the mm -hmm. same identical wheel but just different. So I thought maybe it was a weather thing here or, or something else that they used a different type of wheel. It may be just that's Southeast Toyota is our distributor, and they quite often like to put a lot of their accessories onto vehicles just because they can. Uh, it's, it's just one of the things they do. Ron, I just had a crazy idea. What if you what if you went online or through the through the online sources, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and the rest of it, and to explain your situation, or maybe go to a chat room for people that have Rav fours also of your make that and wheels. Say you want to swap wheels. I'd like to swap wheels with you. Maybe you find someone that's got the wheels you got, but would rather have your wheels, and you'd rather have their wheels. You might be a, a save, both save money that way. That's a great idea. That's, I think I'll do that. Well, the internet well, can, be your, can be your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah as, there we go. As long as the rims are the same size, uh, mm -hmm. the only thing you got to do is, and it, it actually, if, since they're going to break down and swap the tires anyways, the sensors can simply be swapped over to the new wheels and you don't even need to be reprogrammed that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rick, uh, I'm sorry, Earl, you uh, upset my weekend for two weeks. I didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> during the normal showtime. <laughs> I had to go find something to do. And, well, that's uh, the nicest uh, compliment I've had. Thank you. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm really, I'm really glad you're back. You're, you really upset my schedule for the week. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, that I'm happened to a few back. of us. You think I, you think you upset your schedule? Have you ever tried to sleep with a boot on? That is, a, yeah. and, and ask your wife if she's ever slept with anybody with a boot on. And Nancy's Nancy's black and blue, and and uh, it's, I finally I finally took the boot off when I sleep now. But I that first three weeks was really tough. It's been a uh, special journey. <laughs> really Earl, makes Earl, us to appreciate. Earl, I've got you beat, though. Uh, when I was younger, I was hit by a car, and uh, my leg was broken in such a fashion that I had to stay in a cast, a solid cast, hmm. for a whole year. Oh, my. So I, I feel your pain. Wow. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was hit by a car this morning. <laughs> it was a pleasure well, talking to you, Ron. Let us yeah, know what happened, okay. what you decided. I will do. All right. I'll get back to you and let you know. Bye-bye. Right. Have a great weekend. Uh, we're going to go to John in Palm City, and uh, he definitely is a regular caller, been with us through thick and thin. Welcome, John. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question for Rick. Uh, Rick, actually all cars, um, gasoline-powered cars, are running on electric current, and that's through a alternator. Now, a question I have for you is, if I'm, say, on 95, going in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden, the fan belt or the rubber belt for the alternator breaks or the alternator freezes up. Will my engine completely stop or is there enough for it to run on the battery? 
you can actually run on the battery probably for, depending on the, the health of the battery itself, 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes. Hmm. And this actually happened to me one morning. I got in my truck, started the engine, heard a, a like a weird noise under the hood, a slap and a flap, and my battery light came on and I realized that my alternator belt had just broken. And I didn't hesitate. I popped it in gear and I started driving. I figured, well, if it dies, I'll just get it towed to the shop. And I made it to the dealership 25 miles on the turnpike made it all the way to the dealership with plenty of battery power hmm. put a new belt on that afternoon and it was fine rick is a gambler i never knew that i took a chance <laughs> and that one well, paid, what, that one won <laughs> what i want to ask you is if a car has like 140,000 miles on it and it's going to wear out the alternator eventually what is the average life that an alternator today will last on today's standards and if it goes, or can it be tested before, you know, you can check the what amperage, I guess, it produces? Well, what is an the alternator, average life of an alternator? Yeah, an alternator can easily be tested, uh, but it, unless it's actually on its last legs, it's going to show up as good, and there's really no average lifespan on them. I mean, the one in my truck right now, has been going now for 10 years, 160,000 miles, just are they fine. Par, are they part of the powertrain warranty, the alternator? No, three-year, 36,000 yeah, on bad. just about all cars. If they, if they last that long, they ought to put them on the powertrain warranty. Uh, they'll, alternators, we don't do a whole lot of them on Toyotas. Mm -hmm. And most other cars now, alternators are, are pretty solid. But the real winner is the healthier battery because the, the more healthy battery you have, the less hard the alternator has to work to charge up the battery as well as provide electrical power for the whole car while it's driving and therefore helps the alternator last longer. Now in the old days, before the alternator, they had a generator and a regulator and you could extend the generator life with three-in-one oil. They were like oil cups on the front and back, which if you just put a small amount of oil in it, it would extend the life of the generator, but it looks like an alternator. Other than testing, there's no way really to extend the life of it. Am I correct? Right, and those, those were that oil was actually to lubricate the bearings, and a generator was simply designed. It would only charge on what was called a single phase, 12 volts DC, whereas an alternator is actually creating three phase AC current, and the built-in regulator then steps it over to DC and charges the battery back up with DC current. Okay. It has its own rectifier bridge built in. Just one other fast thing, too, for Earl. I asked my daughter, who's a fashion designer, and she travels all over the world, why do ladies love the Buick so much? She <laughs> said, Dad, it strictly looks and design. And the proof that she says is, in China, which America sells, GM sells, like 3 million American cars a year, the number one seller in China of the American cars is Buick, Cadillac, and then Chevy. But Buick in China outsells the Chevy by more than three to one. Amazing. So her opinion as a 47-year-old fashion designer is people, women love the Buick.
because of looks and design. Yeah, so and, and, just, and you can't understand it, and I can't understand it, but Nancy probably understands it. And that's one of our main points about the reason Nancy is so important uh, to this show is because women do see things. I, I can't imagine... I look at a Buick, I see a Buick. I see a car, blah, I walk around it. A woman sees a Buick, and they say, I really like that car, and they buy it, and they do buy it. So, uh, you know, we men uh, have to realize that uh, half the planet is made up of females. They, th they see things differently. They understand things differently. They speak differently, and they're very important to your economy, and we need them. So, I, I was looking at why the, why Chinese uh, like Buicks, and um, it's considered an elite status for a long time historically. Back um, early on, when only like party elites could drive, that's that's what they were driving, mm -hmm. and it became a status symbol. Yeah. So the average age for a Buick driver in China is thirty two, um, yeah. and it's uh, over sixty five in, in in America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I'm sure it's changing. But that's I guess how it got started. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, John, let me add this to it. Um, what I'm hearing here in the studio is that, you know, a woman just likes the car. She looks at it and she likes it. Um, not true today. Uh, we've moved, as I said, into the 21st century. And a woman is looking right through that car. She's not only looking at it aesthetically, but she is looking at the interior and she's imagining what she wants. And once she pops the hood, opens the doors, she sees what she wants. And uh, those brands that I read a couple of weeks ago about female car buyers, that Buick, 55% of women purchase that Buick. Number two, Mitsubishi. Number three, the Mini. For the Lexus. So uh, there is uh, a few cars that uh, we, we do like, and it's uh, for your own personal needs and for your own personal taste. And I'm, I'm glad she's happy. I agree with you. The woman has a lot to do with the purchase of an automobile. Absolutely. Give Thank her my best. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you. You can stay tuned for our mystery shopping report that's going to be coming up. And uh, it's a little flashback. What we decided to do was uh, go with something from uh, last month. You'll enjoy it. They're all fabulous. And uh, Stu does a great job. Uh, and uh, that doesn't even, the word doesn't even do it any justice. He just really puts it together. And uh, uh, he just uh, makes it, uh, you know, m more interesting, I'll say. And uh, Amy, uh, well, Amy is uh, next as our caller, and uh, how did, how'd you like that, Jonathan? I slid. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to go to John in West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Welcome. In this whole subject about the, the Buick and, Ed and, and and them getting women engineers, uh, you know, to, to move things along uh, so it's women-friendly, one of the things that keeps popping in mind that I remember is uh, it was a woman, I believe, that Ford had done this many years ago, and they bring in these groups, and they put them around the truck and say, what could we do to make this better for you? And one of the women had said, well, I'd like to be able to walk up to my SUV or the truck, and my arms are loaded with groceries. It would 
open automatically or something. And that's when they came up with that, you know, waving your foot underneath the bumper and opening the uh, the yeah. trunk or the tailgate. Uh, that came out of that. That's pretty it, cool. It, yeah. they, they came out of that. And uh, I don't remember which company it was, but I think it's great that I, I think more, I believe they do, because uh, it's just better for them. You know, getting the customer input on what they need and that. But they need to take and put them in a place where, they're looking at the vehicle and uh, right. deciding, you know, hey, this, you know, what makes this better? Yeah, fun, they call them focus group, a female focus, yeah, focus group. group. Focus group, yeah, yeah. you're right. And, uh, and uh, Annie. John, that was an interesting yeah. article uh, on Ford. And uh, I was just uh, leafing through my notes to see if I could find it. Uh, but uh, thanks for mentioning that. It, it was definitely. Um, an interesting article uh, as to how they put that all together with women, as you mentioned. You know, they could take it yeah. too far like they did on The Simpsons <laughs> when Homer Simpsons <laughs> designed the perfect car. <laughs> the Homer. I think we should let let um, women focus groups uh, come up with the input now because otherwise we'll get Homer Simpson cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one last question. Um I have a friend that I work with at uh, at school. Um, her car was one of the casualties of the the past tornado. Oh, no. And right now they're in the middle of is it going to be totaled or not? How can she go about? I'm telling her, listen, it, make sure it gets totaled. You don't want that car repaired, and you're sitting with a car that has like maybe a rebuilt title. It, mm-hmm. How do you guys know on your end? How someone goes about not forcing, but really suggesting this car is totaled. You guys need to total it. John, that's a great idea, a thought. You're absolutely right. Too many people don't think about it. They trust their insurance company. You know, uh, you're in good hands with Allstate, and uh, you know, like a like a neighbor next door, and all the warm, schmoozy stuff you hear from your insurance companies. They're hardcore business people. And they're out to make a profit, like all business people are. Uh, sometimes you have to argue with them. Sometimes you have to hire an attorney. Uh, the, the rule of thumb, it's not a rule of thumb. I believe it's an established rule that when a vehicle has greater than 75% damage, it has to be totaled. And I think all the insurance companies have a guideline like that. The, big, the argument is, is it 75%? So now you have to argue if it's close. Uh, if you have a lot of damage on your car, I would I would my, take it upon myself to get some independent authorities on car values to give me a number of the value of that car before and after the accident. And if it did experience 75% or close to it, then you should insist. Put your foot down with your insurance company, and then if that doesn't work, you call an attorney. There are a lot of attorneys out there that specialize in this, and uh, they, they they make a living by just going after insurance companies. So uh, you're right. Once that car's had a good whack and you've been in an accident, it's devalued. And that's another reason why you don't want to have to drive it for two more years and then trade it in because that wreck is going to cost you a couple thousand dollars just because it was a wreck, even if it was fixed to perfection. A wrecked car is always going to be less than one that has never been in an accident. He wants to know how is anything he can do to, to kind of push the decision in that direction. Like, can you talk to the insurance um, 
uh, agent or oh, the sure, body yeah. shop and yeah. try and push yeah. them to, to Yeah, to you're the it. owner of the car. You own the, you own the policy. You, uh, the insurance company works for you. You start with them. And then if you don't get the answer that you like, like, I'm sorry, we don't think it's total. It's only 50 percent. Uh, I would get. Uh, I would go to the repair shop. I would talk to an attorney. Uh, if it, if it's enough to bother you, it's worth a phone call to an attorney. Well, what I'm going to do is, I'm if if it hasn't been taken care of, because she told me this on Monday, everything was still fresh, uh, you know, with her uh, as far as the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to have her uh, contact you guys next week. She can be the first what well, or first time caller. She can get her fifth. Right. Um, I think we're losing you on the connection there. Bad connection. Yeah, you're not clear. Are you on speaker? I think he's in a bad cell area on his cell phone. Yeah. Well, I guess if you can hear us uh, talking, uh, give you a second and or, or, or call back. Uh. I got. Okay, I'm here. There you are. <laughs> I can hear you now. Uh, what I was gonna, what I was saying was, thank you. Um, it was fresh on Monday that I found out about this. I'm gonna have her call your show if they haven't, uh, uh, wherever they're at in the process. Like it's um, a tree fell on her car, so I can't imagine it not being 75, you know, less than 75 percent because you crushed in the roof. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh, she'll be a first time caller if I can get her to call you. Okay. And I'd appreciate that. Well, you might get a whole bunch of things from Jupiter High School. So I'd appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. We'll see you later. Have a great weekend, John. And I, I saw some of the video of the tornado, uh, um, a PGA and US one for the folks who are um, not in Florida. That's really unusual for us to get tornadoes that do damage like that. Saw a video of the cars getting tossed in the air, like he described, with people in it. Um, and we know somebody through somebody whose uncle was in the car <laughs> who, sure. who he, he was uninjured but it got that's lifted amazing up. right there yeah it that's was good. it was it was crazy look at on look on youtube if you're interested it's, yeah, there's it, ton of it i was and i took a look at it and you know between the floods in fort lauderdale all this up this way yeah. unusual weather pattern yeah it was very mm-hmm. strange very yeah mm-hmm. eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero uh we're gonna uh take a break on the uh, phone calls because we don't have any and we're gonna get to uh, Stu and to rick all right well we have a text uh emory's got a text for us she says good morning i hope everyone's feeling better you were missed thanks you're glad you're back i'll repeat my question so you don't have to hunt for my original text um on Wednesday, April 14th, 2023, South Florida's high-speed train, Brightline, struck a car carrier, a manufacturer's car carrier that was on the tracks in Hollywood, Florida. I didn't hear about this. Uh, video shows the car carrier split in two with new vehicles flying off the carrier upon impact. News reports did not say where those vehicles were bound for. That makes me wonder. Of course, it made Emory wonder. Uh, one. Assuming those vehicles were bound for a car dealer, whose insurance, if any, covers the loss of those vehicles, the transport company, the manufacturer, the dealer? Well, I can tell you, the dealer had already paid for those vehicles because that was, they ship them after you pay, pay for them. 
Uh, and I get the second question. I'll let Earl do this because this is something I would probably refer to him if they smashed into our car carrier. <laughs> I'm not, it's, it sounds pretty tragic. I hope no one was hurt. And I got something to say about Brightline after all this is over. There's something, something about A that. lot to say about Brightline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, how does insurance and shipping work for vehicles going from the man- manufacturer to dealers, whether it's by ship or car carrier? Thanks, and welcome back. Yeah, it's uh, Florida, and I can't speak for all 50 states. I keep forgetting we're international. But uh, in Florida, uh, you cannot sell a car, a new car, that has greater than 1% of the MSRP value uh, in damage. And you'd be surprised the number of cars that are damaged. Uh, Think about it. As far as cars come now from Japan or other countries, and they come by boat, trains, planes, and automobiles. I mean, there's they're loading cars off trucks, on the train, railroad cars. And during that process, there's a lot of chance for damage. Uh, a surprisingly high number of cars are damaged. So if you repair it... Not you, by trains, though. Hmm? <laughs> not, not usually by trains. <laughs> well, cars don't come by trains. Uh, they're not damaged yeah, by trains. They're not they're smashed they're, by they're trains. They're damaged getting on and off the train. Yeah, I was talking about the, yeah, tr- yeah. the train on, that smashed on, through all the cars. Yeah, on and off the asking. boat and things like that. I so, saw the video footage of that. Yeah. The tractor trailer actually yeah. high-centered yeah. on the tracks and couldn't move. Yeah. And it yeah. just... Well, the point I'm the point I was trying to make. I know that was a lot of fun to see those cars land around, but uh, the, you have to. I'm trying to let the listeners know how to be sure when you buy a car, you should always have it checked, even a new car, uh, and you should have the representation that there's been no repairs to the car. You should know if there was any damage to the car before you buy it. Uh, and that's a, a great question. Whether it was damaged uh, in a train wreck or was damaged by the truck driver when he took the car off the truck and delivered it to the dealer, or was damaged by a salesman who took it on a joyride out on 995. So there's a lot of things. You don't know the history of that car until you buy it. So have it checked out and be sure there's no damage. At least get a statement from the dealer that there has no been there have been no repairs on this car. And we want to know um, whose insurance covers it. Is, uh, is it on the dealer's insurance, on the manufacturer's, or the transporter's insurance? Most dealers have very high deductibles on things like that. So uh, if, if we have a car that is damaged, uh, uh, we, we repair it. Uh, our insurance wouldn't cover it. Uh, but it's... Uh, it, 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 isn't, it isn't so yeah. important who covers it. It's important that when you buy the car, even if it was fixed to perfection, someone's going to pick up on that when you trade it in, and it'll be less. So you right. you want to buy a new car that's worth everything you paid for it, not a deductible because of a damage that you couldn't see. And just, Amber, just from just the other part, your second question, too. Before it gets, uh, before it leaves the, the actual, at least for Toyota, when it leaves the on the car carrier to us we've paid for it but everybody's insured to the nines you got the car carrier uh, insured the manufacturer insured and we're insured yeah. um, before that happens like when you're saying on the ships at sea and all that manufacturer and the and the transporters the the, the ship um, company everybody's highly um, um, insured like like when you told us about the yeah. the Porsches that sank in the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> I'm sure they were a lot of insurance covered that yeah we're, we're a distributor uh, <coughs> our, we don't buy our cars as a Toyota dealership from Toyota directly the manufacturer Southeast Toyota distributors we buy our cars from them they buy their cars from Toyota and uh, when the cars come into uh, Southeast Toyota 
they will do damage repair on cars too. Now they tell us when they do it, and uh, sometimes they'll even bid on, will even bid on cars that have damage. But uh, it's people think of a new car as being pristine, perfect. You'd be surprised how many of them aren't. A lot of them have damage. Well, along those lines, I can continue, unless we have anybody on the phone. Um, Bob had texted us and says, uh, my issue is that in the last two to Toyota vehicles he bought new, uh, both had the front tires wear badly. He wants to know, uh, due to the alignment not being correct, he wants to know what percentage of new cars come from the factory with the alignment not correct. And when buying a new vehicle, it would be advisable to request it be checked before accepting the new one. And that's from Bob. 10%. Um, we, my dealership got into a uh, argument with Toyota over this a long time ago. A yeah. long time ago, and uh, uh, we were getting customers coming back with tires worn out, uh, and they bought the car new, you know, six eight months ago, and it just didn't make sense. And so we began checking, and then uh, we were charging Toyota for for aligning cars. And they got angry at us because they said, we're not going to pay you to do an alignment on a new car. And uh, if the customer complains and brings it back in, then you could do the alignment and we'll reimburse the customer. So we got, we got into a big fight about that. We, we finally won the argument. It got pretty nasty there for a while, but uh, we check every car for alignment when it comes in new for that very reason. And they'll do it under warranty. They just you, they don't want people to know about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, we have another text. Oh, we have a phone. Uh, no, but um, this is an opportunity for me. Uh, uh -huh. Everybody was talking about uh, warranties and such. Uh, Earl's latest column, if you want to take a look at it, you can go to Earl on Cars, and uh, you can uh, read the dealer won't repair your car under warranty. And uh, if you pick up the hometown news, you'll find it there and also in the Florida Weekly. So uh, take a advantage of that it's a great read the dealer won't repair your car under warranty that's not fair okay back to Stu. okay uh this is from oh this loss of san diego uh, this is from san diego um i had a question about hidden fees that we talk about frequently um, i'm helping my mother-in-law in a search for a 2023 kia nero which is a, a new body style hybrid version and proving to be in pretty high demand in our market uh, when I went to check out one of the dealers, um, in, um, in addition to the regular sticker, they had the regular sticker. They had an additional sticker, which added um, in some fees such as nitrogen in the tires, paint sealants, and window and door jam protectors. All of these were overpriced and unnecessary. When I went to a second dealer, they had similar charges, and also on top of that, a market adjustment of five thousand um, dollars on top of the price of the car. When I asked the dealers whether they could remove these add-ons, they said they were already installed, uh, but they had some flexibility on the price. A third Kia dealer had similar additional fees added on, um, all of which totaled over $2,000. <clears> His <throat> question is, if dealers are refusing to remove these unnecessary dealer add-ons, what kind of options do I have? It seems like because of demand for the, this car, they're all adding on additional fees or market adjustments. Thanks in advance, I love the show. What can he do? Well, still, you answer that. That's a, that's a, that's a question that a lot of people have. It's, um, it, it is tough because what we've been illustrating over the last, um, well, it's going on two years now, I think, um, since the market is upended. Um, uh, this has been very commonplace. So there is this high demand, low supply. Originally, 
it started with uh, the manufacturing and interruptions chip shortages uh, due to the uh, COVID um, pandemic, and now it's kind of it's still jammed up. Um, there's a anonymous feedback question um, that I don't think I'll be able to get to, but I'll kind of slip the answer in here. He says, "Well, what's going on?" First, the answer is uh, it was a chip shortage. Uh, he thinks there's collusion between the dealers and the manufacturers because everybody's making more money. Um, the dealers are clearly making more money, um, and what you're seeing here is the manifestation of that. Um, they can get away with it because there are people that just have to buy cars right now. My advice is if you can possibly uh, wait, uh, um, have your mother-in-law wait until the market cools down, that's probably the best bet because finding a dealer um, that is – limiting themselves having a pricing policy like um like very few dealers are um sticking to msrp or lower and, and not adding on those dealer added equipment but um so you're in california the law i know out there limits the dealer fees um to a set amount it might be 100 bucks or 150 yeah. or something i don't know what the law is in california on dealer installed options um or addendums like that um so in Florida, it's legal, um, and it's probably illegal all over, all over the whole country. So the best the best advice is to wait. The second is just to go on a internet search for her or help her and, and find a dealer, a Kia dealer that is not charging over MSRP. We haven't found one yet, and we've been mystery shopping um, dealers for um, well, we've been for twenty years, but in the last two years during this phenomenon. Yeah, you got a lot of dealers out there in San Diego area, and there's got a whole lot of Kia dealers. Stu. Uh, his idea about going online. I wouldn't w go into any key dealership till I went online and asked for an out-the-door price from half a dozen or more dealers. And then when you get to your lowest out-the-door price, go buy it from him. Yeah, and if she can wait until 2024, 2025, she'll, she'll probably get a great deal on one. And Stu, uh, market adjustment, are we going to see that for a long time? Or yeah. will that slowly fade away? And <laughs> I'm laughing at myself for asking that question. They were using they were using market adjustments before the um, before all this started. So then suddenly they had like a it was like kind of legitimized a little bit by the uh, by the inventory situation. But yeah, it'll probably I think it'll probably dwindle down, and and just the hardcore dealers will be uh, left still doing it. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, back to Stu and all the texts that are coming in, and then we're going to get to Rick. Yeah, well, do you have any uh, comments over there on YouTube, Rick? I'm going to find a fresh one here. I've actually got an interesting one from Donovan here. Uh, two of them, as a matter of fact. He says, speaking of women designers, the electric F-150 Lightning, the chief engineer is a woman, hmm. and the current Ford Explorer was designed by a team of women. That's great. Yeah. They're, getting, they're getting smart. I mean, yeah. it took that, them a while to wake up, but the manufacturers got to figure it out. That's the exactly. article that we talked about. Um, it might have been a month ago, uh, but uh, it was uh, very interesting, very interesting. And I think you mentioned it, yep. and then I found it and, and read it to everyone. Mm -hmm. And on the electric vehicle fire question from earlier, uh, there was a study released from an insurance company last year that states that full electric vehicles were 64 times less likely to catch on fire versus a gasoline vehicle. Uh, plug-in hybrids were the most likely to catch fire. Most plug-in hybrid electric vehicle batteries are small, but they're not liquid-cooled like electric vehicle batteries are. As the EVs switch to what's known as a LFP battery, 
which is a lithium iron phosphate battery, uh, the number of fires will likely fall because they're much more extremely safe. And he says you can practically pound nails into one of them without having it catch fire. Wow. Whereas, as a lot of people have seen with uh, cell phones, people start playing with old cell phones and they try to dismantle the lithium battery in the cell phone. Once exposed to oxygen, it immediately bursts into flames. Uh, you may remember Samsung had an issue with that with one of their models where the batteries would catch fire spontaneously mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So that's where lithium was such a, a dangerous thing. But now they're, they're working on that design and getting them exponentially safer. That's great. It makes, it makes for great news, and it's exciting. If you can get a picture of a car on fire, a lot of people tune into your channel. So uh, I, I think sensationalism. That I, I think fires in cars are over. I mean, there are probably far more, far more people that are injured in every other way you can think of. Fires are very rare, yeah. but they're spectacular, and they make for good video. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rick, I'm going to interrupt you, and we're going to go back to the phones. So we have Chuck calling from Oklahoma. Good morning, Chuck. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Welcome back. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, I just looked up the Carfax information on uh, cars that were wrecked. Uh, I'll just go down quickly to the part where it says, if you wreck your car and your insurance company pays 10000 to fix the vehicle, your, ins your insurance company won't report this to Carfax. So how would you that your car has been involved in the accident? It won't, and this won't show up on Carfax. Yeah, anytime there's insurance involved, Carfax picks it up. The problem is they can't pick it up if their insurance didn't, uh, you know, do the repair. If a if a car dealer's a salesman uh, ran a new car into a telephone pole, and uh, it fell under his deductible with his insurance company, uh, and he fixed it in his own body shop, Carfax would never know about it. So it's always a good idea to get a car you're buying uh, checked over. Anybody, uh, any uh, collision repair expert or even a, a regular mechanic can go over your car and pretty much give you a valid idea if, if it has been in an accident. Okay, I just wanted to let people know that Carfax is not 100%, so you have have a mechanic check the car, make sure that they they yeah. can see. Carfax yeah. is a great a great tool. They're not they're not perfect, and uh, they miss they miss. Uh, we've seen repairs too. I, I had a very angry customer at my dealership a couple of months ago because we'd sold them a used car, and we told them it had not been in an accident. And we check all our car. We ch we get a Carfax on all our cars, and we check them ourselves. Well, it had been in an accident. Carfax missed it, and we missed it. So. Um, it's always to double check when you if you're going to spend forty fifty thousand dollars on a vehicle. It's always a good idea to have somebody uh, that you know and can trust go over the car and with a paint meter. They have a paint meter today that is amazing. You just quickly scan it all around the car, and if the car's been painted anywhere, uh, they measure the depth of the paint. So if the car's never been painted, chances are in any way, shape, or form or portion, if it's never been painted, then it's probably never been in an accident. Uh, car dealers use paint meters themselves uh, when they do appraisals and trade-ins. Right. Uh, also, I thought it was interesting on the battery issue because I, I have a lot of friends buying the EVs now, but 
you know, the biggest complaint is uh, that they're going to break down the highway uh, or you're going to lose, you know, you can't get it charged quick enough. But what they fail to realize is that no car, truck, or vehicle will function without a battery. So you can have a combustion engine, you still have a battery. And just like I said, the alternator, if your alternator goes out, your car is going to die. Then you have to take it in. You have to wait for it to be repaired. Mm-hmm. And and belt breaks, your car is not going to run for a little while, and the battery is going to die. You're going to have to take it in and get charged. So, you know, the same argument that they have, no, your battery is not going to last. Well, no battery is going to last. And every vehicle, combustion or EV, needs a battery. Chuck, let me ask you a question. What, what, are the, what is the highest speed limit in Oklahoma? Uh, it's interesting. We are, well, I'm in rural eastern Oklahoma, near the Arkansas state line, and we're 65 miles an hour on a two-lane road. Mm-hmm. And, but when you get on the four-lane roads in Oklahoma, uh, you know, the divided highways, you can do 65 up to the turnpike, uh, a 75-mile-an-hour speed limit. Now, that's not too bad. I hear about the states of the Midwest and other low-population low areas that have uh, unlimited, uh, or maybe I'm thinking about Germany. <laughs> Actually, uh, Montana, I believe, tried that for a while. They may still have it, but they say it's, it's at the discretion of a law enforcement officer if you are traveling a safe speed for the conditions so and no for your vehicle. there's no posted speed limit. No posted speed right. limit. I see. Interesting. Well, they don't do that in Oklahoma, so you're probably glad about that, aren't you, Chuck? Well, I, I wish because I cross <laughs> Arkansas all the time, and their speed limits on their two lanes is only 55 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, and we have a lot more accidents here because of our high speeds on the one-lane road, which is kind of sad. One lane, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Well, thanks for calling, Chuck. I really appreciate it. Right. Welcome yeah. back. Thanks for joining us this morning, Chuck. Give us a call again. Our number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, back to Rick. Okay. Uh, let's see. We'll finish off with what we were saying from Donovan here. Um, he says, the new Tesla Model 3 and Ford Mustang Mach-E now use that new lithium-ion phosphate battery for most all of their trims. And let's see if he has any more here. Uh, it's less energy dense, but for most cars that people will buy, the LFP is the best option because it's extremely stable and can be recharged thousands of times. So it's really, he's got all the best information there now. Well, I want to, let me ask you a question, Rick, too. Why uh, do you know of any, um, or any manufacturers looking at lithium batteries for the basic battery in a combustion engine car. Um, yeah, I for know a 12 be... volt battery. Yeah. No, yeah. I think everybody is sticking with either a lead acid battery or a, yes, a sealed gel because type battery costs. for the hybrids. Because of cost. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking. Uh, to me, uh, uh, tires and batteries have always bothered me because here is a. <laughs> You know you got a short life to your tires, and you have a short life to your to your battery. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if you could build a car that all the parts didn't have short life, all of them had long life? And it, 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 the time probably will come. You're the tire. You and I both talk about tires, and you believe like I do. There will be a tire one day that you don't have to replace. Oh, yeah, it's just a simple 3D printed tire yeah, that yeah. they 
print it right on. And, I, and there'll be a battery one day uh, that doesn't have to be replaced. Uh, we just haven't figured it out yet, I guess. Oh, oh they will. Yeah. Oh, and I am standing corrected here. Let's see. Uh, Johnny C. Fraley and Tom Steckel both say uh, there are 80-mile-an-hour roads out west quite often, but Tom says Montana used to have reasonable and prudent speed limits. Now they are, have switched to 80 miles per hour. Oh, so they're on. So I think here in the U.S., 80 is going to be the maximum, but I think even the Autobahn in Germany, yeah. uh, they finally did put a maximum speed limit on it, but I don't know what that spec is. So if anybody out there knows what's the speed limit on Go the German Google. Autobahn. Google will beat everybody. Probably, yeah. Or Chat GPT will beat Google. Yeah, right. <laughs> we finally have a superior uh, um, kernel. We have an, oh wait, I always wondered why you called Colonel Google, not General Google. Now I don't I, know why. Uh, now I know why. Why? Because there's a new general in town that's ChatGPT. Oh. <laughs> it, out, it outranks. Uh, okay, uh, Rick, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to uh, George. And uh, he's calling us from Delaware. Good morning, George. Welcome. Back. Glad to have you back. Thank, Thank you. you. I got a question for Rick. Uh, I'm thinking about buying a new Highlander. This four-cylinder turbo, I'd like to know how it's going to stand up against the old six-cylinder. Uh, do you have information on them? Mm. We've only just seen turbos coming back on our cars uh, for the new Tundra. The V6 Tundra wound up with the turbos on it. And they are switching all the V6s now for the other cars down to a four-cylinder turbo. I think the technology seems to have finally caught up. Uh, time will tell. You know, as with any brand new technology that they're bringing out, uh, you got to wait and see. You got to give it time. See how I it stands I don't up think, in the real I'll world. Just, I'll just interject this. I think with the EV revolution, I think concentration of engineers on improving combustion engines is limited. I think all the engineering scientific study is is focused on EV because the uh, 10 years from now if you haven't got a really good EV to sell you're going to be out of business true I'll go I'll go along with that uh, but for right now um they seem to be pretty good but as I say time will tell what what's going with these new turbos okay so I guess I should wait another year or so to see if they get any kinks in them or whatever I or would say use like 22. I would say so. Best bet, yes. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. Thanks for joining us this morning. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, Stu. Yeah, I have a, some anonymous feedback over here. Um, this is a good one. It says, I read today that some new car dealerships are labeling new cars with a few miles on the odometer as used cars and selling, um, and, uh, and selling them as used cars to bypass the MSRP price. I guess there are a few restrictions on the sales of a quote-unquote used car. You're right, and it's they're, main, they're not sales restrictions, they're advertising restrictions, and, and dealers have been doing that uh, for a while now um, to get around the, uh, the, the advertising restrictions. Uh, they would buy uh, cars from themselves. They don't just, it's not just because it has a couple miles on the odometer, it's because yeah, they're actually, manufacturers they actually have them. a rule that uh, some manufacturers like Toyota, they, you can't advertise a car uh, below a certain price. 
And uh, Toyota tells their dealers that they can't advertise a car below invoice, which is BS. And, uh, yeah, which is, and it's also completely moot, and it's been moot yeah, for the last couple of exactly, years because yeah. uh, no one's selling cars. Now, to, to do it now, to sell it for more, um, I, don't th- I don't think that's why they're doing that because right now uh, there's, it's, it's interesting. There are restrictions manufacturers have on the price average, but there's no restrictions what they sell it for. They don't like it, supposedly, but um, like as we've seen in our mystery shops, uh, deals are selling for thousands, sometimes tens of thousands over, over MSRP. Um, on text, um, we have a, a text from Paul. Uh, this is a good one. He says, uh, hi, guys. Welcome back. Question. Uh, FEMA estimates 4,000 cars were damaged during the Fort Lauderdale flood. Uh, how does this affect the local car market? Well, watch out. I yeah. mean, uh, flood cars are, hmm. they, they don't disappear. They, they uh, sneak around from, from state to state from dealer to dealer. Sometimes they're exported. You hope they're exported as long as you're not living in the country or they're exported to. But uh, there, there's something about a flood car that attracts the, the crooks out there. You can, take, you can take a car that's been in a flood, you can fix it up real nice. Yeah, for, first of all, you can, take, you can buy a car that's been in a flood for virtually nothing. And then you spend a few bucks on it, cosmetically. Put some lipstick and, on that pig. Yeah, and then you sell it to a sucker. and. Uh, uh, it's just, uh, I, I bet the percentage of cars that are totaled that are damaged in floods, I bet you half of them are back on the market at some point. And, That's pretty soon. Yeah, pretty soon. In Florida, we have a, a lot of uh, ships leaving the port in Miami and Fort Lauderdale for points overseas, South America, Europe, all over the place. And uh, uh, there's not, no one's going to question somebody buying a bunch of flood cars and putting them on a boat and send them to Venezuela. And in Venezuela, uh, they don't have the uh, protection that we have here in the United States. And it's probably buyer beware. In a lot of states in South America, uh, or countries in South America, they, they do that, yeah. So always get any car you buy, new or used, checked over yep. by someone, an expert, who is beholden to you not the dealer you want your expert not his expert to tell you that car has no damage on it from a flood or anything else and that message uh, goes way beyond fort lauderdale folks because like earl said um we're we're in a global economy and um but realistically those cars are going to go to auctions immediately and then they're going to fan out all over the country so whether you're in boston or montana or fort lauderdale it's going to be an issue now locally in fort lauderdale there will be an impact to the, uh, a, 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 there's going to be a very localized surge in demand, um, which is going to give um, used car dealers an upper hand and locally. So I, I, my word of advice to people in Fort Lauderdale who, are, who had their cars totaled is to broaden your horizons and look beyond Fort Lauderdale, um, look all over Florida or even beyond, uh, because um, we're already dealing with um, weird used car, um, a weird used car market. Uh, with uncertain inventories, and right now you have 4,000 people um, in a zip code who um, suddenly need, needs needs a replacement car. So, um, just uh, beware of that. And uh, back to you. Also, the other thing that's going to happen, I forgot, is when you have a lot of people with simultaneous insurance claims. Those of you, you're probably already experiencing it now. Delays in getting your car fixed, or even getting responses from your insurance um, company. So. Um, like you said, broaden your like I said earlier, broaden your horizons. There are repair shops outside of your local area, so you could get your car fixed as far away as you want. 
Um, yeah. So uh, Great just keep advice. that in mind. Now, let me cover something because uh, we're getting down to half an hour to go on the show. We want to be sure to get our mystery shopping report or reports. We have two of them. I'll explain that later. But uh, I had a call yesterday from uh, a man named Zach, like C A C K, Zach Shevska. And you regular listeners have heard us talk about Ray and Zach Shevska, who have a company, uh, YAA. Okay. Uh, it's a, now they have another company called Car Edge, Car Edge, C A R E D G E. And Zach uh, called me about uh, this new company that he's formed, Car Edge. And it is, it is going to be one like True Car or Costco. Uh, it will be, they will designate approved dealers that will treat you with courtesy, transparency, uh, give you a full out the door price, an honest price, no hidden fees, no dealer installed accessories, no dealer addendums, all the nasty stuff, if you've been listening for a while, that we talk about on this radio show week after week. Uh, they're going to try to find dealers in your area, and it's caredge.com, www.caredge, C-A-R-E-D-G-E.com. And Zach, Zach Shevska is uh, showing us the honor of being the first car dealer that they're going to have recommended. And Zach is coming into the dealership. He'll be flying into our area in North Palm Beach to talk to us, to our managers, to our salespeople, to look over our processes because he, he still knows us pretty well. But that's the way it's going to be as he establishes this network. You also have CarEdge.com and Zach Shevska, and they have authorities, experts online available to advise you on where and how you should buy a car. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, we've, we've, we've known them for a while, uh, and we followed what they do, and they're honest, transparent people. So uh, just remember and write this down, if you can write it down, CarEdge, C-A-R-E-D-G-E dot com. And you still can use this service, even though they don't have the designated dealers. They have experts that will negotiate or show you how to negotiate if you have to negotiate and where to go to be treated fairly anywhere in the country when you buy a car. And uh, I hope Zach's listening now. And we'll have him on the air. We, he's been on before, but we'll have him on again uh, once he gets this up and rolling. But just uh, make a note, Car Edge. C-A-R-E-D-G-E.com. Check them out and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, give us a call. But we don't give our endorsements out lightly. And uh, we have to be very careful. We've endorsed Costco.com auto buying program with caveats. And we've talked about the fact they don't inspect their dealers uh, rigidly the way they should. And we talked about TrueCar.com, another source. Uh, we, 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 we have our comments about them, too. I told uh, Ray Shevska, or Zach, I mean, yesterday when I talked to him, I said, Zach, your challenge isn't going to be selecting the dealers. Your challenge is going to be policing the dealers because you might have an honest dealer, general manager that you deal with. Everybody has good intentions. Meanwhile, you got a few crooked salespeople that are taking advantage of the customer, and the dealer doesn't even know about it. So that's a challenge, and he agreed. So this is exciting to get in on the ground floor of a pilot program. This might be the answer, caredge.com.
great information. Um, I just love receiving uh, their uh, their newsletters, and uh, you can uh, watch it on uh, YouTube. You can go to Facebook. Uh, it's, it's very informative if uh, if you're going out there to uh, purchase a vehicle. And uh, let's see, we are at 9:35. Uh, would you uh, would you like Earl? Would you like to go for the uh, we can start automotive the, yeah, news? We, we, yeah, we can do. Well, rather than do that, uh, let's let's get started. I I'd like to cover the new shopping report. And then, and then talk about the one that we thought we had. We had okay. Because we've been off the air for three weeks, there was a little confusion on which shopping reports would be available. And uh, uh, I didn't pick up the one that we'd actually done because it was done like three weeks ago. Uh, and I, uh, I, will, I will do that one uh, as a backup and then until I found the one that we, that we will cover shortly. Uh, I had chosen a mystery shopping report of Mullinax Ford uh, in West Palm Beach area, Palm Beach County area, that we did in October of 2021. And that was during the height of the COVID pandemic, the uh, supply chain shortage, uh, microchip, uh, everything's going nuts. Car dealers are charging ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, $20,000 over a sticker. And Mullinex had always been on our approved uh, buying list. They were, they kind of wrote the book. I mean, they really did. There are several dealerships, I think all of them in Florida. And uh, the one price, uh, the no dealer fee, uh, the no dealer installed accessories, the no uh, addendums, uh, they, they have a little bit of a dealer fee, but it's, it's not noticeable, kind of like JM Lexus uh, that we talk about and kid them about because it's so small. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll sum it up. Basically, I'm, I'm endorsing our A Ford dealer, Mullinex Ford, not because of the shop we did today. We've done them recently, but at the height of the pandemic, they they presented an honest, transparent experience to our shopper. And they sold the car for right around sticker price, which at that time was amazing. And uh, so kudos uh, they're on a recommended list. If you want to buy a Ford in Florida, uh, you should buy it from Mullinex. They have them in northern Florida and I think uh, in southern Florida. I think we've got one down in Fort Lauderdale, one in West Palm Beach, and one up around uh, Jacksonville or somewhere. So Mullinex Ford, thank you for the way you do business. And uh, you're endorsed over the one few A's we've given any uh, car dealer on our Mr. Shopping Report. Now, the real shopping report that I, uh, we did, was it three weeks ago, Stu? Uh, yes, April 12th. The, yeah, April 12th, 12th. Yeah. Mystery Shop, I haven't even read this myself. Stu wrote it, and Agent Lightning, of course, did the report. Um, April 12th, 2023, Mystery Shop of I-95 Nissan. Now, I-95 Nissan is a uh, Terry Taylor store. Is that right, Stu? I believe so. Yeah, and uh, he's the largest privately owned chain of dealerships in the country. Now, the largest number and the biggest is Lithia, uh, and I think number two is probably uh, AutoNation or, or uh, Sonic or one of those. But uh, Terry Taylor is not public. He owns them all privately, and this is the one he owns in the, in the uh, West Palm Beach area. Speaking in the first person is, is if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived mid-afternoon amidst heavy rain. As I walked through the front door, I fumbled with my golf umbrella. was greeted from across the showroom floor by a young salesman who hollered, 
Do you have an appointment with anyone today? I looked around to see who he was talking to. <laughs> he put his hand up, motioned for us to come over to where he was sitting. Well, I, I would call that being a little cocky, but maybe that's just me. He continued to, uh, continued to sit behind the, the desk, introduced himself as Orlando, asking if I'd ever been in before. I replied, a while back, I believe. He asked for my phone number, pulled me up in the system, and then he asked, what brought me in today? I said, funny story. My husband and I recently rented an SUV to drive to Georgia. We were supposed to get up for Explorer, but it ended up with an Armada instead. Now, before I go further into the report, uh, I forgot to say that we would like you to vote on this report at the end of this, and we go with A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, we agreed on the curve, and we know that there are no perfect car dealers. So an A is just the best car dealers there are. Even the A dealers can have a few flaws. And a C or a D dealer uh, can be pretty bad, but, <laughs> but car dealers are pretty bad anyway. So uh, give us a score of A, B, C, D, or F on this report from I-95 Nissan. I'll continue with the report now. I'll call in, call in or text in or email or however you want to do it at the end of the show. He laughed and said that he doesn't get many requests for Armadas because when people are looking to spend upwards of $60,000 or seventy on a vehicle, they usually go for Yukons. Uh, De, uh, how do you spell it, pronounce Denalis? Denalis. Denalis? Denalis. Denali. Ah, Denali. Like the mountain. Yeah. Uh, Escalades, etc., and end up skipping over Nissan Armadas. Yes, that Nissan doesn't get nearly as much credit as it deserves. He went on to tell me that honestly, he personally can't afford one. He has only, he's only ever sold one since he worked there. I told him we honestly fell in love with the Armada, couldn't believe how great it handled on our trip. He said he has a few in stock. I would pull one up under the cover so we could under the cover. Okay, so we we could go look at it. I'm surprised he would have several of anything in stock, but inventories are building dramatically. Uh, the uh, two largest uh, or sellers of cars and publicly held companies have over a 30-day supply, by the way. And Lithia, the largest publicly owned car company, has a 50-day supply of cars. That's amazing. So, wow. folks, the time is very close where you can start getting a good deal on a car. And maybe even today, if it's from a Lithia dealer, that's a lot of cars. So uh, There must be a reason they're not selling them very fast. <laughs> yeah, because they jacked the price <laughs> right. up to this guy, yeah. But they're going to... Eventually, the pressure, eventually the it's going to collapse, right? Yeah. Eventually it's all going to come down like a deck of cards. Once outside, he went over all the features of the 2022 Armada, which included a sp split row with TVs on the back of the headrest. Oh, that is, that is fancy. The MSRP was... $70,465, and there was an addendum label. The addendum uh, increased the price to $80,350 and included, ooh, I hadn't read this, $4,995. That's a quote, by the way. For supply chain hardship. Ah, hardship. You, you can't make this stuff up. You're supposed to feel really bad for the hardship that that dealer supply is going chain, through. Supply I love it. $5,000 for supply chain hardship and $39.95 for things like lifetime nitrofill and lifetime That's curve. That's $3,995 in case they weren't, you were clear. $3,995, <laughs> yeah. And if you're just tuned in, we're at Mystery Shop. 
I-95 for Nissan at Terry Taylor dealership in the West Palm Beach area. Unbelievable. This guy is, is worse than Napleton. He went on to say this is the highest trim level, and to be honest with me, many salespeople try to sell it with a market adjustment, but he, he would work hard for me today to get it closer to the MSRP. So he's starting to waffle already. He has a hue and stock. Okay. I asked him what kind of warranty it has. He said their vehicles all come with three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, but then they cover the powertrain for as long as you own it. I didn't know that. I didn't is, know that, that. is that accurate? I don't know if that's a dealership thing Nissan? Or, a, yeah. or a Nissan thing. I don't think it's a yeah. Nissan. Well, powertrain is uh, usually a five-year or a little are bit worthless, but uh, we could Google that, I guess, and figure it out. But yeah. lifetime powertrain warranty on Nissan, maybe. We went on a drive. I asked him what the next model down was. Uh, is different from this one and what the price difference is. Orlando replied, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> That's good. Coming from Orlando, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't sell many of these, but when we get back, I can print out the specs and you can compare them. I asked if he had any there. He replied that he didn't, so I said, never mind. Uh, we're looking to buy sooner rather than wait. Back inside, we walk over to his desk. He asked if I was planning or buying or leasing, to which I replied, buying. Then I asked how my credit is. I said, great. He asked me how much I'd be putting down. These are all standard operating procedure qualifying questions. Um, and, mentioned that I, and I mentioned that I saw online that they have some 0% annual percentage rate specials. He said yes on certain vehicles, but to be honest with you, he didn't know if this one qualifies. He continued, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Personally, I couldn't afford the payment on that but more power to you if you can. If you can. He then said he'll be back shortly with a price, uh, price sheet for me. Now, anybody that repeatedly says, I'm not going to lie to you, it's probably lying to you. That's my take on that. As I promised, a few minutes later, he returned with a worksheet. The top line was MSRP, $70,465. Then he took off, bam, right off, 4475 discount before adding... Thirty-nine ninety-five <laughs> <laughs> for the lifetime. lifetime value program. Off comes, on goes the discount. Off comes, off goes the discount. Pretty much, and then he's got uh, uh, two hundred eighty-seven dollars in uh, taxable fees. Nine ninety-five dock fee. Eight ninety-five dollar for permaplate, rust and dust. We used to call it the old days. Fabric protection and and sealant, paint sealant, and all that nonsense. They got it all. The actual price was 72166 which is only 1701 over MSRP. After going over the pricing with me, he said he was proud that he was able to discount it to what it showed online, $65,590, <laughs> and he didn't. I mean, he, it, it, the price wasn't. He, he was trying to say, look, it's the online price, but it's not after you add all the stuff in. Yeah. It's it's seven thousand dollars higher than the online. But he's price. not going to lie to you. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's not going to lie to you. Oh, by the way, Nissan does not have a lifetime power. And he, another lie. So, yeah. and uh, here we go. Uh, but then he went on to say that the next thirty nine ninety three thousand nine hundred ninety dollars he could likely get from me at half, at half off. He also indicated that the permaplate could come off too. Bam. What was that permaplate? Uh, Eight ninety-five gone. Okay. Um, he said it's optional, but if you don't include it, you won't have the lifetime coverage. I said, "Oh, 
I thought that was part of buying from a dealership. He said, no, the $39.95 covers any, every, everything in this brochure for a minimal $100 copay deductible. He handed me a brochure promoting the lifetime value package. Okay, I'm getting dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you get, now, if you pay me this, you get the $100 copay deductible, but it's optional. But if you don't get it, you don't get the coverage. You, you follow gonna, me? I'm not going to lie to you. He also mentioned the, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, this is, this is, he's out doing Naples in this whole thing. And, and this I-95 Nissan uh, is absolutely uh, amazing. And uh, a lot of the dealers, as the inventory is built, are taking off their addendums, taking off their permaplate and the rest of it. But I believe what's going to happen is I-95 Nissan and certain other dealers are going to leave these huge markups on because every now and then a sucker comes in and they don't know that car dealers are evil and they actually buy a car. I mean, we know of uh, people before the pandemic issue that were paying $10,000 over a sticker to dealerships because they asked for it and people don't understand that dealers are crooked and if you don't, you're going to get hosed and this is what the way I-95 Nissan is conducting business. Uh, Orlando asked, then asked me how soon I plan on making a decision. I said, hopefully within the next day or two. He then stood up, shook my hand, thanked me for coming in today. He handed me his business card and said to call him anytime. He said he's almost certain. He gave me the unlimited miles warranty for Avalov and looks forward uh, to seeing me soon. Uh, I, didn't even see, I, I haven't read this. P.S. Uh, he said, to be honest with you, and or I'm not going to lie to you, so many times he was very kind and not at all pushy. Well, that's a kind word from uh, Agent Lightning. Uh, and I think that conducts it, uh, that we've got the addendums here with the uh, addendum label and the rest of it. But there you have it, and we can start taking the votes in. Uh, uh, it's interesting, it just occurred to me as I read the second report that there are a lot of dealers out there that had these huge addendum labels and the rest of it before the pandemic thing ever hit. And that was their shtick. That was their uh, method of doing business. Price the car so high so when the occasional victim comes in, and you've heard me talk about victims. I define victims as the very young people, maybe their first car. I hate to use the word naive, but we were all naive when we were younger. When we first started out, you know, you're, you're, you're a sitting duck for a, a, a lying, cheating uh, car salesperson. So you don't want to discount anything because you might get the young person or the very old person. And I use that as an example, and I'm not saying anything negative about women, but you do know that women that were born in the 40s and 50s grew up in a different culture. The man was the boss. The man, uh, or you know, he had the job. Uh, oftentimes, the women stayed at home, uh, and all the major purchases were done by men back in the 40s and 50s, and they learned that way. And so today, you have a 75, 80-year-old widow. She's never bought a car before, and she's smart, but she's never been in the business of making those type of decisions. They're the ones that get hammered for $10,000 over a sticker, and the I-95 Nissans are the ones that do that. So uh, that's the class that will never be, behave themselves, but you will see prices on the other dealers that realize because the supply's gone up, the prices should come down. And we need to uh, count the votes. Okay, let's see. Uh, Jonathan and Wellington. 
This dealership gets a hardship F from me. Enough said. <laughs> uh, the grade chain hardship um, versus the supply chain hardship for I-95 Nissan is an F, and that's from Bob. Um, Anne-Marie says, $5,000 for supply, supply chain hardship. I'll show your hardship to your bottom line. Just watch me walk. F from a highly annoyed non-customer. Um, yeah, um, I'm kind of hovering around the, the, the DF thing. Um, although the deal turned out to be okay. I mean, just, just a whole bunch of circus and, and, and uh, garbage you have to get through to get to that price. But had um, H1 Lightning been a victim, right. uh, she could have paid that price. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a low grade. I'm going to give them a D minus. Uh, passing just for having a reasonably priced car in, in the market, even though that's still crazy to be seventeen over hundred over. Um, but there was a lot of uh, he gets he gets credit for being kind and not pushy. Yeah, and uh, uh, a lot of dealers, uh, I say a lot, maybe forty fifty percent, are selling cars below MSRP now. So. Uh, we, we're going to have to adjust our, you know, have yeah. to adjust our thinking. If we used to say, "Well, you only charge a thousand over MSRP," uh, right now uh, dealers are very few are charging a lot over MSRP now, percentage-wise. Rick, I've got Negan one, D plus, no lie, T cash, F, not gonna lie. Over here we've got uh, Rocky Blockateel. I won't lie to you. You only get an F. <laughs> Johnny Z. Fraidley, D minus. As Prince Charles is being crowned king today, I shall place a dunce cap on <laughs> I-95 Nissan. <laughs> I like that one. It's so regal. Oh, Donovan, I'm not going to lie to you, F. <laughs> Brian Sedlatko, I'm not going to lie to you. My grade is an F. Man, your, your guys are so much cooler. <laughs> Steve Ward, a G. A G. A G. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. He put them all. For me, I'm, if you're looking for a Nissan, just battle up, put your armor on, and, and go in there with the right information. I think you can get away with it. But a, a D, just for their antics. But uh, you got a chance there. Yeah. And if you go in there... Be sure to ask for Orlando because he's not going to lie to you. Exactly. <laughs> Nancy, I think you're up. Hmm. <laughs> okay, folks, uh, some mystery shopping reports just make you go, hmm. So, with that said, supply chain, supply chain shortage F. Okay. The salesman that hollered across the showroom, he too gets an F. I won't lie to you, that gets an F. They get a F, 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 F. Recovering car dealer, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to give him the F. I, maybe I'm just in a bad mood, but I, 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 I usually am a high scorer in here. But uh, uh, being off for three weeks and with this big boot on my foot, yeah. foot it probably yeah. feels like a food. I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, Where so. do you walk down those steps? Yeah. Yeah, guys, what happened to the elevators? And I also watched, I also watched this dealer on television uh, doing his, 
his commercials, and, and ropes me the wrong way too. So I'm probably letting emotion get to me, but I'm human, <laughs> right? So my foot hurts, and I give him an F. Well, you know, we could always revisit it. We always talk about it again. I, I could change. I, I could change my mind later. Yeah, I, uh, I just, uh, I, 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 before I, we still have a couple of minutes. Um, I didn't. I wasn't positive enough at the beginning of the show or during the show, but there is truly a, a change in pricing, and I, w I can say now that if as long as you follow the rules that you learned on the show, and you and you're careful you can really get a, a, a much better price today than you could have a year ago. And use the tools that you've learned on this show or otherwise, or, or use uh, CarEdge.com, uh, give them a try, and then let, let us know how it went. Ray and, and Zach Shevska, the owners of CarEdge.com, I'd love, to see a, I'd love to see a few of you give them a try. Uh, we're going to be a, an approved dealer by them shortly. Some, uh, yeah, Bob did. He texted something in here. Hang on a second. Um, I, I think he looked at because there is a there's different packages. You can subs there's a subscribe a thing and then there's a free thing. So he says, tell early it's went to Car Edge, and brought up a lot of toy dealers just north of your dealership that I know have a lot of additional markups. Um, I went out. That's why I went onto the site to see if it was the right one. That's just, I think it looks like they list <clears throat> everything before you sign up or do anything. It lists all the cars out there. There's no, it doesn't look like there's recommendations on it. <clears throat> but we're going to find out more as we uh, yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to modify their whole program. If, if, if this new program, when I talked to uh, Zach Shevska, I said, I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, it's going to be difficult. You can sign up a dealership who is well intended and wants to do everything right and agrees to all the rules, but when he runs into Orlando, who isn't going to lie to you, uh, then you, that's where your problem is. So you have to police it, and that's labor-intensive. I don't know how. That's Costco's problem, that's True Car's problem, and that's going to be Courage's problem. If they can if they can police it and fire one of their dealers that isn't obeying the rules and warn customers uh, – and, and be open to customers that use Car Edge and say, I went into I-95 Nissan, and they really took advantage of me, and then respond and correct it. So we'll find out how that goes. Uh, are we all just about out of time now? I yeah. think so. Uh, I think that, uh, that that's going to be a great thing. Uh, that's uh, car, the Car Edge report preview. Um, it's just very, very helpful. So... Uh, Stay tuned for that. We're uh, going to be on an interesting journey uh, with uh, Zach Shevska. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us this morning. Uh, you're an important part of the show. We certainly enjoy your company. And stay tuned. Next week, we'll be right here at 8 a.m. Have a great weekend. Stay safe.